We would like to say a special thank you to Chris and Jen Nelson in gratitude for the ministry of Pastor Catherine Olson for sponsoring this week's episode. So, but they're just out there and Simon's like, okay, I guess I'm going fishing. <laughs> you know, we went to church, uh, we, 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 we encountered the resurrected Jesus, we heard our sins are forgiven, we don't have fear, uh, back to our jobs. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Scripture First, the podcast that explores how the Lutheran lectionary is working in your life. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. After Jesus' resurrection, Jesus continues to make appearances, first to Mary Magdalene, next to the disciples without Thomas in the locked room, then to the disciples with Thomas, and finally, to the disciples in this week's text, in Galilee. After seeing the risen Lord, Peter, Thomas, and five other disciples go right back to their previous vocations. They start fishing. That is, until Jesus returns to speak creation and faith back into their lives in a dramatic way. Then, Jesus pulls a confession of faith out of Peter by asking him this question three times. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? The powerful promise Jesus delivers to Peter here is the same promise that he gives to us, that we betrayed him and he was crucified by taking on the sin of the world. And that sin doesn't have the final word over you. You are forgiven and have new life in him. Let's get to this week's conversation. But first, here's John chapter 21, verses 1 through 19. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in, because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, a hundred fifty-three of them, and though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. 
Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. And now on to this week's conversation. Welcome back to Scripture First. We have Dr. Chris Krogan with us this week. Thanks for being here, Dr. Krogan. Good to be back. We're in the 21st chapter of John's Gospel, Dr. Krogan. Mm -hmm. Just before we begin, can we have a little context what this means? Uh, It's kind of clear we're in the Easter season. We're in the Easter season, and technically it's the third week of Easter. Last week there was uh, Jesus showing up to Thomas. And so this is kind of following John a little bit in that uh, Jesus was resurrected, showed itself to Mary Magdalene. Then he goes and she tells the disciples. Now that's interesting. She tells the disciples and they don't quite know Jesus yet. He shows up in the upper room, except Thomas wasn't there. He shows up again. That's good. But now all of a sudden he showed himself, and this is a key here, is the word showed here is actually the same word Uh, used at the wedding of Cana. That is to say, he made himself um, known to them so that they have faith. So it's not just like, oh, you can see him. It's actually a revealed himself to be who he was. And so that's an interesting part here with this. It's not just that he showed up. It's just he actually made faith by being there. Hmm. Well, that's a a loaded word in In, in in English. Yes, exactly. Yep. (laughs) I feel like this story kind of starts out um, in a way that everyone recognizes. Mm-hmm. Um, people recognize the story in terms of, oh, yeah, the fishermen are, the disciples are going out. They're going to go to the boat. They're not going to have success. And then Jesus is going to show up, yada, yada, yada. Right. Um, and so I, I think in the later mm-hmm. verses, I think it's important that we dig in a little bit deeper. But to start out in chap in verse 3, Simon Peter says to Jesus, I'm going fishing. We said he, to the other disciples. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah. He said to the other disciples, I'm going fishing. They come with him yep. and they catch nothing, Right. which we all know, <laughs> essentially. Yep. We yeah. know this is how it goes. Yeah. So there's an interesting thing. So you encounter the resurrected Jesus in the upper room mm-hmm. and he said, don't be afraid. Okay. So I'm not afraid. Mm-hmm. He actually, you actually get his forgiveness. Okay, good. I've got his forgiveness. You've received the Holy Spirit. Wonderful. Then what happens? They leave what we call Sunday morning worship and go out to their jobs. Yeah. They, they're, 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 their life goes back to what it was before they ever met Jesus even. And it's not a bad thing. No. So, But they're just 
out there and Simon's like, okay, I guess I'm going fishing. <laughs> you know, we went to church. Uh, we, were, we, we, we encountered the resurrected Jesus. We heard our sins are forgiven. We don't have fear. Uh, back to our jobs. Because this is how uh, we and Christ first encounters Peter. Yeah. So if we, I mean, if we don't remember that, that's how he finds him fishing. Exactly. He finds him in his daily vocation. <laughs> now, you're right, Kiri. They went back to their daily vocation, and guess what? They caught nothing. Which, when you don't aren't successful at your vocation, the economy says this is not the right vocation for you. <laughs> you go bankrupt, and you have a new vocation. So that's an interesting thing here that happens: is they decided what they should do, how they should go back, and they weren't successful at it. So that's kind of a part of a call process, so to speak, as well. And it's not that they denied Jesus' call at this point in time, but they recognized this isn't getting us anywhere. So the fact that they caught nothing was you're not going to be fishermen. That's not your job right now. So just for context, they had received the Holy Spirit in the upper room with Thomas. Jesus gives them the Holy Spirit. He breathes on them. We just heard that text last week. Yep. and then we get to this text. They're back to their regular vocations. Yep. Is there a difference between receiving the Holy Spirit and being sent out as apostles? Yes, there is, uh, in particular, to go out and make disciples. In that, this is what all of us receive at our baptism, is we receive the forgiveness of sins, Holy Spirit, promise of the resurrection. So that is what makes you Christian. That's how Jesus shows himself to us, like here in this text, gives you faith. But that doesn't mean now that you have the profession of going out and being a preacher. So then there's another thing that's part of the call process, which is what we're going to see here as we go through this text, that Jesus starts to say, now you specifically, and he's going to name Peter, but then the rest of the disciples are going to go out and now deliver what it was that I gave to you. And he puts them in that position. So, yeah, so it's a one-two step. Going back to where we just were, Real quickly, you said you were talking about um, their jobs. It doesn't seem like at least at chapter, at, sorry, at verse four, it doesn't sound like he's essentially, not yet at least, he's mm-hmm. not pulling them away from what they're doing. He's actually kind of. He's coming back into their lives where they were at. He's coming back into their lives and it, he's giving them a huge win. Yeah. Because then, okay, so I'll, I'll start reading. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, you have no fish, have you? Mm-hmm. And they answered, no. <laughs> and he said to them, cast to the right side of the boat, you will find some. Right. And then we know how that goes. Yeah. So, and that's the interesting thing is it says in the text, they didn't recognize it was Jesus. So Jesus is resurrected, and they're not expecting him to show up in their lives again, right? They're not looking for Jesus out there on the shore and saying, well, where did Jesus go? No, they've just moved on with their day-to-day lives, and all of a sudden Jesus comes and gets them again, right? <laughs> That's just crazy to think about, that he showed himself to them three times in yep. the upper room, and that, like in this text it says he showed himself again to the yep. disciples by the sea of Oh, Mason, Tiberias. it was really dark. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, it's like, how do you not expect this? It's, it's hard happening to miss over Jesus and over Christ. And over. Yeah. <laughs> but you see, that is the nature of all of us, though, is that we will 
um, receive Christ's mercy and then go into our daily lives and be stunned that Jesus is so gracious to us another time in life. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so this is actually a kind of a comforting thing is that mm-hmm. you, we know about the resurrection. We just had Easter and wow, it's great. No longer does death rule, all that kind of stuff. And then we go back into the world and it kind of, you know, flitters away from our consciousness. But then Jesus comes in and says, oh, here I am again. And what's important here is he starts to speak his creative word to them. Throw your net on the other side, and all of a sudden, boom. And this is, we've talked about this a few weeks ago when we did in Luke. Jesus is, uh, has them out fishing, and he says, cast your net on the other side, and they cast their nets, and the net's about to break, and they get another boat. And we talked about that when Jesus speaks, he has a creative word mm-hmm. that makes swarms of creation. Yep. So he's just it's overwhelming mm-hmm. that what God is able to do. When they recognize that this is spoken into a creation of a new existence, Wow. Then the disciples, as it says, who loved him, says, Jesus, there he is. God has arrived. Yeah, it's the Lord. It's the Lord. <laughs> it is and the Lord. It is the Lord. That's the only answer. <laughs> it is the Lord. And But what's what I like about this particular text on this is Simon Peter recognized it's the Lord. And what does he do? He jumps out of the boat because what he had received in the upper room was new life and forgiveness, which was much better than this great big catch. Mm-hmm. But it's also like a little extreme. Say more. I mean, how it's, so? Okay. He so has all his sins forgiven. That's the biggest thing that could ever happen to you. This makes sure to say that the boat is not far from shore. Right. It's not far from shore. So I'm sure the guys who stayed on the boat got there. Like a minute after. No, but it says delight that he, I'm not going to, we're not going to paddle. I'm not going to wait another second. I'm back to Jesus. Because remember, Peter had jumped off a boat before. (laughs) Peter Peter (laughs) had, (laughs) Peter had denied Jesus three times. Yeah. And for Jesus to come over to the upper room and say, that's true. I forgive you this. And that sin is no longer your identity. To have that person show up all of a sudden and say, Hey, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Boom. I'm it, still here for you. Exactly. Yeah. And and this is why Peter's an important part of this story, and he's going to come back to this as we get to the la- latter half of this text. But before we move on, I just want to point out one thing that you were very consistent in saying this, that it's Jesus' spoken word yes. that delivers all this. And I mean, you can read through the narrative and hit the main points of, oh, it's in the boat, and he jumps off the boat, and we have the fish. But... They did. The, Jesus stood on the beach, and they did not know that it was him. They yeah. were looking at him. Yeah. But then Jesus said to them, "Children, you have no fish, have you?" They answered, "No." He said to them again, "Cast your nets out." He said again, mm-hmm. "It's Jesus speaking." And then that's after he said this. That's when they recognize him. It is exactly. the Lord after Jesus speaks. Yep. And then when Simon Peter heard mm-hmm. that it was the Lord. It ca- that's what caused him to jump off the boat. Exactly. It, so it's all of the, we. I mean, it's just a recurring theme that faith comes through hearing. Exactly. And it is the red thread, yep. even in this text. Exactly. Yeah. So which is John in the beginning was the word, and the word spoken, and it makes faith. Exactly. Yep. So Peter jumps in. Uh, he was fishing naked, naked. So he yep. put on some clothes. Yep. Uh, I don't know. That's just an, 
This, yeah. I guess this this whole story is just filled with details that. It's hard to know exactly what, why John would throw that detail. Why in. John would throw that in there, but yep. there it is. Yep. Um, <laughs> and in verse nine, we kind of get to the next stage of it. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said to them, "Bring me some of the fish that you have caught." Mm-hmm. So they start to, yep, eat the fish. Peter abandons the catch that is the catch of a lifetime, and Jesus now starts giving them daily bread. So that's an, literally, literally yeah. daily bread. They haven't eaten and he's going to give them some food in the flesh. So that means they're not seeing a ghost. Mm-hmm. It's not an apparition. That's not something that they've made up in their minds. It literally is. He has a charcoal fire there and fish that he's cooked and he's going to feed them daily bread. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was talking about this with uh, my wife's family over the Easter holiday of just how easy it is to read through that and think that it's just a nice tidbit. Yep. But when Jesus comes back from the dead, mm-hmm. that is such an extraordinary thing mm-hmm. that, of course, anybody who hears that somebody came back from the dead, you would think they're a ghost. Yeah. But there's so many examples of food being a measure to show that you are a human. Exactly. That you are alive. Yes. And again, here, it's there's fish and bread, and yeah. what exactly. do humans do? They eat. Exactly. Jesus is alive. Right. And that's an actual important detail to, to see, to yep. include here. Exactly. And in the Gospel of Luke, um, Jesus actually eats fish in that one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so there's something there that, right, they're making a point. Ghosts don't eat. <laughs> So then um, verse 11 goes into a little bit more detail um, about Simon Peter. He took the net, brought it ashore, Mm -hmm. full of fish, yet the net wasn't torn. Yep. Um, And then Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. And you hear um, none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Right. Because they knew. Yep. They knew it was the Lord. Only Jesus could make a skunk that is catching no fish day into a overwhelming catch. So we're not wondering who could do this. We know. We know. This is him. (laughs) Right. And then, um, okay, so you touched on this a little bit earlier, but in verse 14, it says, this was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. Yep. So reiterating, he yeah. kept coming he, back to he them. He keeps coming back yeah. to them. Yep. And he keeps on saying, here I am. So mm-hmm. when Jesus shows up a third time, it's not that they didn't get it. It's just Jesus keeps on coming to his favored ones, to his favorites, and says, here I am. This is what I'm going to do. And he continues to interrupt their lives, their daily vocations, and use, use them or bring them to where he wants them. Yep. Yeah, so it's not some sort of task in front of the disciples to finally understand it. No. Because Jesus keeps coming. It's not, yeah, that's a... But it's also Christ choosing. Yeah. Which is... Whom he comes and reveals himself and to. and important. Exactly. Yeah. Nope. He He's picked out his own and, and he's going to his sheep, right? Mm-hmm. And giving his voice. So the last uh, four verses are probably... Uh, to me, they're the, the most interesting because it's Christ coming back to, to, to mm-hmm. Simon Peter. Yep. Uh, kind of 
in some way harkening back to his own denial. Mm-hmm. And he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? What's, uh, what's Jesus asking this question? Yeah, so, um, so the these, he's pointing to, that is to say, anything apart from me. So what he's saying is, do you obey the first commandment? Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Mm-hmm. So is that the case, Peter? And um, you have to pay attention here because Jesus isn't seeking a decision out of Peter. He's pulling a confession out of Peter. Yep. Hmm. So this is a big thing is it's not like, Peter, do you love them more than these? Or mm-hmm. he's saying, basically, this is the case. You love me more than these. But he's putting it in the question, question form yeah. Yeah. so that he, the answer, Peter has to answer. In the same, in the same way that... Um, uh, uh, at, at baptism, yeah. they ask the parents, uh, do you believe in God the Father? Exactly. It's not a decision. It's no, a confession. Exactly. And yeah. so this is exactly, but because Jesus knows what the answer is going to be. And, mm-hmm. and Peter says, yes, Lord, you know <laughs> that I love you. Now, this is a key for Peter to say, you know, and it's going to come down three times because Peter remembers what happened prior to the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, you will deny me three times. And Peter says, you don't know me. I will not. Hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And then Peter realizes Jesus knows me. Mm -hmm. I did deny him three times. Mm -hmm. So Peter doesn't have to be convinced on whether or not Jesus knows what he's thinking Mm -hmm. or where his heart is specifically. Because Peter knew that Jesus knew his heart, which was in Peter's own selfishness at the denial. So Peter knows that Jesus, he Will sees know. right through yeah. him. <laughs> and that's, that's why it's not some sort of theological test. Exactly. Like, there's no other way to get through this other than through, exactly. <laughs> through the resurrection. It's right, like, yeah. Him betraying him was the only way to land on, yes, you, Lord, you know that I love you. <laughs> you, you. You can read my mind, my heart, my soul. And so, yep. So then, so yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Then Jesus said, feed my lambs. Now, this is an interesting thing because the feeding, it's not just um, feeding them with the regular fish that they just ate. Yeah. It's actually the word of life. Yep. Feed them what, and this is why it's going to come. The reason we know this is because we're going to see at the end of this um, text is what is it they're feeding them with that is loving them in a way that is to give them life that I gave you. So Mm -hmm. it's feeding them with word of life, the bread of life, water that you never get thirsty from. So uh, the same thing happens again, second time, Simon, son of John, yep. do you love me? He yep. said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Yep, a second time. And then a third tend time. Tend my sheep. Yep, tend, tend my sheep, sheep, which is again, care yep. like I cared. But he asked some a third time too. Mm-hmm. Now remember, how many times did Peter deny Jesus? Three. Yeah, so this is now Peter confessing mm-hmm. Jesus three times. Mm-hmm. So it's that kind of balanced of, yeah, I knew you when you were selfish, and I now know you, a redeemed sinner with a new heart. And yeah. that's the biggest thing is, Peter, there, when you say love, you're talking about his heart. And so this is what happens when you encounter the mercy of Christ, the forgiveness of sins, your sin, and the resurrected Jesus. It's what we pray in our psalm, create in me a clean heart, O God, renew a right spirit. That happened to Peter. Mm-hmm. That happened to Peter in the upper room. That is where Peter's at. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so the consequence of having that new heart is what Jesus is going to get into as we go through this text. Well, 
And you'll notice that Peter's response to Jesus the third time was, it was a, it was very detailed and it seemed more abrupt. Yeah. Because he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Yep. And then in response, Jesus said, feed my sheep yep. very truly, which he always leads with. I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and go wherever you wished. Yep. In other words, when you were younger, you were thought you were in control of yourself and you you did what you wanted for your own self. So that's, yeah. which is our nature. This yeah. is not having the clean heart. That's not having the new heart. Um, but what is going to happen is, as, as Jesus says, <laughs> but when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands. In other words, you're going to be dependent mm-hmm. and you're going to be now what we'd call obeying. You're going to be a servant or a slave. This is what Luther talks about in his Freedom of Christian. You are freed. This is what happened to Peter to be a slave. And this is what Jesus is saying. You're going to actually be a servant now, not in control of your own destiny, which will be the death of you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and the ultimate thing is that last little phrase there, and take you where you do not wish to go. Right. Yep. So that is that is against his own will. It's against what he would have um, wanted for himself. Yeah which is not my will be done, but thy will be done. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, that's what we pray every Sunday. Third petition. Mm-hmm. Yep. We say, thy will be done, not my will be done. We pray but against ourselves. You, you don't change your own heart. No. I mean, and neither did Peter here. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is the key piece. And so that's where when we're talking about this as an Easter sermon, which is the third Sunday of Easter, you say this Easter message is going to, it's going to apocalypse. It's going to surprise everybody sitting in the pew because this is the way Jesus actually does it. He shows up again and again and again in your life to remove your own sense of self and your own thinking that I need to do this or I'm in charge of this so that Jesus now makes you a servant into, into others. And so then... Well, I was just going to say this last verse uh, in the last words that we hear is uh, Christ saying, follow me. So what is this in Peter's context, but also preaching? What does this mean? Exactly. So this is the pick up your cross and follow me kind of thing. So one of the things that we have to recognize is picking up your cross is not like taking on somebody's pain or, or, you know, owning your bad situation. What happened on the cross with Jesus was he literally took on the consequence of other people's sin against him. So this is what's going to happen to all of us as Christians. Therefore, having been baptized into a death like his, this is what Paul promises us, that we say in Romans to at, at baptisms as well as at funerals, mm-hmm. having baptized into a death like his, which is what? To be betrayed, mm-hmm. to be crucified, to feel the consequence, not of my own, just my own sin, but the sin of the world. Okay. So that's what it means, follow me, which is what Peter, this is why it's the death that Peter's going to die is in this previous verse. He's going to die a death that is cruciform with the promise that that's not the final word over him. So all of us, having been had our sins forgiven and resurrected, cling to that as we go out into the world and literally take on the sin of the world by absolving it, by working with those that are in need, by actually not trying to get even or get a leg up, but actually just simply delivering Christ to all the people. 
And on that note, we've reached the end of this week's episode, my friends. Thank you to Dr. Chris Krogan for teaching us that the disciples did what we do too. After hearing the gospel, they go right back to their jobs. But Jesus continues to appear to us over and over and over to use his creative word to bring us faith. Through Jesus' speaking, Peter abandons the catch of a lifetime because he knows the power of the promise Jesus delivers. That sin doesn't have the final word over you. You are forgiven and have new life in him. If you've ever found yourself wondering about a certain term or concept we discussed on Scripture First, we have dozens and dozens of free resources on our website to help you learn about Lutheranism and the freeing gospel of Jesus Christ, saving us from our sins. We have videos and study guides for everything from the distinction between the law and the gospel to the meaning of baptism to breaking down Luther's key teachings, such as the bound will and the freedom of a Christian. Go to lutherhouseofstudy.org to learn more. Luther House of Study's mission is to strengthen Lutheran leadership and ministries for the proclamation of the gospel. We wouldn't be able to serve current and future ministry professionals, as well as members of the church, without the generous support of people just like you. If you or your congregation is interested in sponsoring an episode of Scripture First, please send our co-director, Sarah Stenson, an email at sstenson at augie.edu. That's S-S-T-E-N-S-O-N at A-U-G-I-E dot E-D-U. You can find our email in the show notes or find more information about supporting Luther House of Study at lutherhouseofstudy.org. Thanks again for joining us this week. Remember, Jesus isn't a ghost. He's conquered your sin through his resurrection. We'll see you next time on Scripture First.